Welcome to the Improver Network Podcast. The Improver Network mission is to make the world better by helping faith-driven leaders, entrepreneurs, and small business owners improve personally and professionally. Finding balance and maintaining focus in a world of distractions and discouragement can be challenging and frustrating, but we're here to help you discover your purpose, become more productive, and reach your true potential. Now here's your host, Justin Winstead. Hello and welcome to the Improver Network Podcast. I am Justin Winstead and I am here with my friend Heather and she's joining us from East Texas and excited to have you on today. How's the day going for you, Heather? How are you? Hi, Justin. It's going great. It's a beautiful day here. Thanks for having me. I know. Hey, here in Texas, it's kind of sometimes hard to get these uh, pretty days where the sun's shining, but not burning your face off. And it's also <laughs> still cool. And, you know, we're enjoying some pretty days here lately. So, I mean, notwithstanding the storms, when the storms leave us alone, the days have been pretty. So, you know, right. but uh, yeah, well, Heather, hey, excited to have you on. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff today. And as you know, here at the Improver Network, we have a lot of people that uh, listen to this because they are trying to figure out how to balance like their family with their work life with money. And those are all things that you deal with all the time. And so I think you're going to be a, a fantastic guest for our listeners. But since uh, they don't know you, I mean, I know you, we kind of go way back, right? I mean, uh, man, we, we, we got some stories that we could share, uh, but going back all the way to college days, that might get a little embarrassing for me, but, uh, you know, so, hey, one thing's for sure, though, you can testify to everybody on it. Like, I'm running a company called the Improver Group, right? And the Improver Network is a piece of it. You would call me an improver, right? I'm getting better with age. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about getting on here with you talking about that. All the college memories came up. <laughs> wow, Justin has come a long, long way. There's no <laughs> doubt on that, man. I was a hot mess back in the day. And uh, like I'm like, man, people like you still chose to be friends with people like me. That just... There's got to be a God. There's, if it wasn't God and grace, like I would have never had friends like y'all. So, uh, but that's fun. So tell us some about you and just as much or as little as you want about your family and about what you do. Uh, but but who's Heather? Yeah, so I am Heather Oynes. I am married to Eric. We've been married almost 18 years now, which Justin, that means I've known you, what, close to 20 or something like that? Yes. <laughs> Um, we, we now have three boys. I have um, eight-year-old twins and a 10-year-old, all boys. So it's a very rambunctious household. Tell everybody we don't have a living room. We have a wrestling arena. <laughs> so there's that. But yes, so as you know, I got my degree in pharmacy in college. So I became a pharmacist and somewhere along the way realized that I didn't want to do just that um, and the entrepreneurial, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, the, the draw to that kind of came into play. And so I became a money coach, um, after about 11 years of being a pharmacist. And so now I get to have the best of both worlds. I work part-time in a pharmacy using my degree, and then I am a money coach the rest of the time. And what I really love about coaching is just, um, bringing married couples together, helping them learn how to manage money together without the stress. And then also now, um, helping businesses to become more profitable to make sure if they're making money, they're setting aside money for taxes and that that's not a stress point. Um, just all those fun things regarding regarding businesses that business owners 
go into business to do well in their business, but then the finances can kind of get put on the wayside. And so I'm there to kind of fill in the gap and make sure um, that they're doing that intentionally. So Yeah, man, fun stuff. So man, three munchkins at home to wrestle with and a husband and working another job on top of the coaching. And so, you know, uh, wife, mom, you, you've learned how to multitask and, uh, and do it well. So now you mentioned that you became a money coach, but the fact is before you were officially, officially that you were still coaching people on money. That's been a, that's been a passion for you for a long time, right? I mean, so I remember looking up to you and Eric going, man, you guys think about money a different way than like college students, because like I could have a, a negative balance in my bank account and still go to like Taco Bell and want to try to buy my friend's lunch. You know, that's like, that's the kind of the way I was doing it. And, and y'all were so responsible. Where did that come from and how far back does your money journey? Like, I mean, I guess it always goes back to the very beginning, but at what point did you realize that like, Hey, I want to manage money better and I want to think about money differently. Where, where did that all start for you? Yes, that is a great question. And so I still debate. I'm like, did I find my first Dave Ramsey book at age 17 or 19? <laughs> Somewhere around there, but just the whole, it was the financial piece book in a book form. Um, that I remember. That's my earliest memory of really starting this journey. And I just realized there was a better way. There was a better way than what my, how my parents, they were wonderful parents, but there was a better way to manage money than what they did. Um, and if I could start early and figure this out early, then the money stuff would not be stressful as, as I got older and as I got married and had kids and all of that. And so I really took to that and I'm so grateful for um, the role that Dave Ramsey has played in our own family life um, and how we manage money. And then also um, in my coaching certification because he is the one that I originally got my coaching certification through. So yeah, I started way back. And then of course, um, before when, when Eric and I were married, even beforehand, so here's a funny story. Usually there's a spender and a saver in the marriage, right? They're opposites attract. It's just always the case. Usually I, I have had two spenders as clients and that was a fun one. Um, <laughs> but before Eric and I were married, he what well, he's the spender and um, he had a credit card. And so when I said, oh my goodness, you, you know, you can't have a credit card. That's just not okay. So we had the money conversations early on. Um, and so he was able to get on board and he had the credit card paid off before we said I do, which was amazing. Um, and then we've learned so much since then, just, you know, it, opposites do attract. And that is something that you have to work together as a couple. And even coming up on 18 years, we're still learning things and how to do things better, always improving, right? Yep. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let's kind of camp out there just a little bit, because you said a few things and uh, I want to talk about a few of those. And so uh, first off, you mentioned the deal about like, you know, your parents, and I kind of relate to that a little bit. Like, man, my parents taught me so many wonderful things. I mean, we discuss hard work and having integrity and respect for your elders and honor and compassion. And like, those were so many great things that made me who I am. But, but I don't ever actually remember any conversations being, hey, this is the way a budget works, you know, or, you know, back in the day, we still had this little thing. It was like paper and they came in little booklets. They were called checkbooks. You remember that? <laughs> you know, there was these checkbooks before the, uh, you know, the revolution of debit cards and, and you know, all this ePay uh, stuff. But 
I, I don't remember them actually sitting down and saying, hey, here's how this works. And, and so I don't want to throw them under the bus. Maybe they did. And I was just being stubborn and ignorant as a teenager. But but I felt like that there was we had a lot of money uh, struggles growing up. And some of that was because we were really generous, you know, and gave away a lot. Some of it was because our income was so low. My dad was a high school dropout. My mom was a public school teacher. But I think most of our money struggles actually came up from just the fact that we didn't have a plan and we were reactive. And so that's some of our journey. When you mentioned your parents, like share some about like your journey and how you think parents and children and how sometimes that uh, shapes the way we um, manage our money or don't manage our money. So what, what comes to mind for you on that? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and I even have a very interesting perspective because both of my parents have passed away. Mm. So a lot of the things that I think about, like I would love to just ask ask them some questions. And I do feel like if they were still alive, they'd be questions that I could ask. And I did ask some of those, especially of my dad, because he passed quite a bit later than my mom. Um, but yeah, they, my parents just didn't talk about money. Um, I, I knew it was a stress point. Like I could feel that I could feel that there was never very much. Um, I didn't wear the brand name clothes that my friends wore. Um, and, and it was a stress point, but they, they made sure, I guess, I guess this is what they did. They made sure not to really talk about it in front of us. And looking back on that, I wish they would have, I wish they would have at least shared a little bit about the situation, what was going on. Um, my dad and that's something too that you'll hear you know rachel cruz talks a lot about money and relationships and she says even if you're arguing about money that's better than avoiding the topic and not talking about it because you're getting it out on the table to a certain extent um so but yes i wish they would have talked about it more and um i feel like like all of my i have three three younger brothers and all of them plus myself, we all actually ended up pretty financially responsible, which is kind of crazy. Um, but with that, I do feel like we all had to overcome, like we all could have been helpful to our parents in, in their situation. And we would have contributed more in whatever way we could have to help out and to not that let, not let that be a point of stress. Um, another thing for me, and I think your listeners will really appreciate this, is that entrepreneurship was a bad thing that it, it wasn't stable income, it um, it wasn't safe, it wasn't, you know, there's there's too many things, too many things that could happen that's, you know, it's not, it's not safe. And that is something that I've had to overcome for sure. And actually, that's kind of the opposite, you know, it can be the opposite that, you know, your job, when you work for somebody with a W-2 income, you know, they can just let you go. And so, um, I am grateful that God has placed people along the way to help me see the other side of that. So, wow. so let's just kind of go ahead and go into some application right quick on that topic of like the parent child thing. Um, there's some parents that are listening to this right now and their kids are various ages and some of them are, you know, high school and college and growing and gone. There's others that are elementary and middle school, you know, just give a couple of quick words on like what you would say to parents. Obviously you would encourage them probably to have some conversations, but help them think about exactly how to do that and what they, what they should kind of factor in as they go, well, well, how much do you talk about? I mean, do you actually tell them what your income is? Do you show them your bank statements? Like kind of give some guidance to parents for a moment here. Yeah. Well, my, my kids are still kind of little, um, eight, you know, eight year old twins and a 10 year old. But yes, as I mean, as they get older, like we've had our kids learning how to 
earn money, right? Because when you work, you earn money. So that's really important as they're younger. And then as they get older, or even as they're earning money, you teach them to give, save and spend, right? Um, and obviously, this all has to be done age appropriately. And, and it's not even a certain age. It's like, what's the level of your child? And I mean, all three of my kids are so different when it comes to money. So we're approaching this differently with each of them. I have a saver and I have a couple that I think are spenders, but one's kind of still, kind of still, we're, see, we're trying to see what he really is. Um, but yes, so, so I think the biggest thing is that you... First of all, you have to learn with your spouse how to have healthy conversations around money. And I think it's great for kids to hear some of that within reason, not about how much you make necessarily, not about how much is in your bank account. My boys ask us all of the time, mama, do you have this much money? Do y'all have this much money? Like they, you know, so we're trying to help them understand money flows, right? Comes in and it goes out. Um, and so, but really it, it does come down to, um, being age appropriate. And I do love the smart money, smart kids book by Dave Ramsey. And they do, they do lay out, you know, at, with different age levels, different maturity levels, kind of what's appropriate along the way. Um, and then I, we also express to our kids, you know, as they get older, we'll reveal more and they're going to have, but when, when more is revealed, they're going to have more responsibility around that. So they also need to, you know, be ready for that. And that's our choice as parents to, to decide that. But I think more than anything, just showing what a healthy husband, wife relationship regarding money conversations looks like is the biggest thing. And so that really, really starts with the parents. And that starts with the two of them being willing to talk about it and discuss it and figure out how to get on the same page. Um, and then goal setting, you know, goal setting, like what are, what are the things you want as a family, whether it's a summer vacation that you're saving for, like the kids can be involved in that. Um, you know, if we if we say no to this, it's because we're saying yes to our summer vacation, we're able to put that money toward another thing that's important to us instead of, you know, it's not just always no, um, we say no to certain things, so we can say yes to other things. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think, you know, the two big things that I heard in that is like, just have the conversations. Yeah. Try to make them age appropriate, but overall, just, just have the conversations. You'll figure it out as a parent. But then, um, you know, also you said just setting that example and like showing them, because at the end of the day, we reproduce what we are, not what we want or what we teach. And so you can tell them all day long, but if you're telling the kids like, Hey, you know, and, and I kind of heard a little bit of this again, not to throw my parents under the bus, but there was a little bit of this, like, don't go into debt, don't give credit, don't do credit cards, don't do this. But it was like, I watched them do it. And it was like, so I just went ahead and did it. You know, it's like, that's just kind of the way to, to go. So I think setting that example is important. All right. So let's talk about old day for a minute. All right. Cause we're, we both kind of share a little bit of bond on there and got some unique experiences on it. And uh, he's somebody that a lot of people uh, know on that. So, so you said your first uh, way you kind of got into money was financial peace uh, book. And then uh, how did you, did you become a fan of Dave after reading the book? And then what's been your journey uh, like, you know, when it comes to the, cause you end up becoming a financial coach. So t just tell me what your journey with uh, Dave Ramsey, how that's been. Yes. So the, started with the book, as we got married, we had to figure out how to live on both of us working very part-time. <laughs> Um, and maybe starting trying to start a business with Justin Winstead at some point, you know, those, those things <laughs> along the way. 
Hey, man, that mobile car wash, we should have been somewhere with that. Like, that was uh... <laughs> a little more knowledge on how to promote and advertise. I think we would have made it big. That's right, man. I thought the Barn Hills Country Buffet being able to uh, do the stucco and clean it with the pressure washer, I thought we were on to something. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, I started with that um, and moved, you know, that, so that was early in, our, early in our marriage and then getting out of college. And so, we were very big on the Dave Ramsey steps early on. Um, paying off my student loan debt was the first one. We and well, we had, we also had bought a car when I was in college because I don't know if you remember, but mine just died in the middle of driving seventy down the interstate. It was just die, and the mechanics could never figure out what was wrong with it. And so, uh, yeah, that was a a little bit of a we didn't quite have enough cash for what we wanted. <laughs> so yeah, we had a car payment. We paid it off very quickly. And then we paid We worked on my student loans as soon as we both Eric graduated with his master's in teaching. And then I graduated from pharmacy school the same year. And so we worked really hard on getting my loans paid off. And then of course, home ownership comes into play, build up that emergency fund, um, build up your down payment, buy your home. And then just ever since then, I mean, we've always, we've always, always lived on a budget. I prefer to call it a spending plan now. But um, so that that's kind of the personal side of things. And then along the way, I just realized, gosh, if everybody, if like, I, we don't stress about money, we have never really truly stressed about money. Yes, there's times that are a little more stressful than others. But when I start hearing others talk about it, and they don't have a plan for their money, they're not taking action toward their goals or figuring out how to do that strategically that causes a ton of stress or how, or even how to talk about it with their spouse. And so I thought there's something here that a lot of people haven't figured out and I can help them with this. And I, I mean, like you said, even in college, I was teaching people how to budget, which is so funny to talk back to those people and then hear how much of a difference it made later, you know, all throughout their life. But so I thought, you know, a lot of people are missing something. And so Naturally, I talk about money, whereas a lot of people will avoid the topic, especially in, you know, when you're working your co with coworkers and that sort of thing, people will avoid the topic. Um, but I would naturally bring it up every now and then and people, you know, people will, will kind of listen and then they might approach you later with questions, you know, privately or whatever. And so I started realizing there's definitely something to this and I can help tons of people with this. And so that's kind of what led you know, Facebook reads our minds, right? Yeah. So the Dave, the Dave Ramsey certification program just popped up. And do you want to be a financial coach? Absolutely. <laughs> so I jumped on it, did a little research, jumped on it. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to, to the impact that it's allowed me to make in others' yeah. lives. Man, that's awesome. So hey, let's go back to the budget thing, because you, you talk about that. And, and certainly, um, yeah, that's the important thing. Of course, one of my favorite quotes of Dave Ramsey is a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. That's a that's a good one. But uh, I can also remember him saying on the videos, uh, you got to do a budget every month. If you're married with your spouse, you got to sit down. And here's the phrase that I remember. I remember him saying you have to spit, shake and pinky swear, you know, on the budget and you got to do it every single month. So, I mean, it, if you could just be real honest with us, like, is this a thing where you really every single month or more than once a month, like you sit down and you do a fresh budget? Or is this a thing where like, okay, we used to do that, but now we just kind of every few months evaluate or only when life changes? Like, what does that, what does that mean to like set the budget and live on the budget for you? That is a great question. And the answer for every couple really is it depends. <laughs> but for because I help clients do it, 
all different ways, how whatever fits their life and whatever still allows them to reach their goals. As far as Eric and I, so I'm the budget nerd. I am so happy to get in there and work the numbers and figure it out. And he tells me certain things that he would like to accomplish. We have goals that we want to accomplish together. I make sure there's money for it. And then he knows because he's the spender, right? He knows what he what he can spend on certain things. His clothes money is very important to him. You know, he likes to dress nice. He's always been that way and his fun money. And so he now, we don't even have to have a conversation about it. He simply pulls our spending plan up, looks at it. I have plenty of fun money for that, plenty of clothes money, whatever. And then he just spends it. So for us, it's more like um, checking in about 15 minutes a month and just reviewing, making sure that we stuck to what we said we would um, looking at the next month. Now my business has come into play. So whether or not, um, you know, I'm going to bring in as much as we hoped, or I'm going to bring in more or whatever it is, um, that changes things. Variable income can get a little trickier, but it's actually super fun to me. Um, so yeah, so that's what it looks like for us. Now I can say, you know, I have clients where I coach the wives only. Um, and even a husband most recently, just the husband, and then also couples together. And again, like, it's different for everybody. And each couple has to figure out the best way to do it so that their family can accomplish the goals they want to accomplish. So at one point in time, it was probably taking a lot of effort and energy to like create this budget. But now you're saying, Hey, we kind of know where we are. We just check in a little bit. We kind of make sure we're driving between the lines and uh, that way we don't wreck the car. right? And so it sounds right. like you've kind of gotten that, but at the beginning it was a little bit. So I guess one word of encouragement to the listeners would be, Hey, you need a budget. Uh, you know, it looks different for different people on how often you update it. But at the end of the day, you need to have a plan and you need to check in on that plan to make sure that you're following it. Otherwise, you're you're maybe veering off track. And and so that's probably one of the things that we would share with our listeners, right? Absolutely. Right. Yes. And I always tell clients the first month is the hardest. You're diving in, you're looking at things, you're becoming aware of things. There's money coming out. You had no idea that was coming out. Um, you've got to, you know, you've got to really, that first month is so key. You can make it past the first month. Second month gets easier. Third month gets easier. Fourth month, it starts even getting fun for most, <laughs> for most but usually even before that, especially if you're working with someone, but basically don't give up. That's what yeah. it comes down to. You know, it almost feels a little bit like decluttering it. You know, in our house, we got four kiddos and, uh, and myself and my wife, but my wife doesn't make any mess. It's all the rest of us. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we get clutter, right? And, it's like the clutter gets there and it just kind of happens accidentally over time. And it almost has to get worse before it gets better. Like when you start trying to clean it up, it's like, it just, it, it's like, okay, now we're pulling stuff out. And then you look around, you're like, we made a bigger mess and we started with trying to fix it. But then you keep pushing forward. And next thing you know, you're like, oh wait, this is clear. And then like you get done and you're like, look how clean and organized and how put together it is. But it's just, it takes a little time to work through it. And I think people could probably relate to that with their financial stuff. Like they've been ignoring it. The clutter's piling up. Things aren't doing well. And yes, when you get into it, it almost seems worse for mm -hmm. a little moment. Like, man, I should have just kept ignoring it. Like, let me just, right. let me just see yeah. if I can make more money and like, let me just pretend like it's not there. But sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. So that's that's awesome on that. So so you ended up doing that. You uh, you became a financial coach through Dave Ramsey, and then he made you really mad, right? And you decided you didn't like any of us. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> no, but I'm but so you, 
<laughs> yeah. So, so you kind of went a different route to continue on with your ongoing certifications and things now, but um, is there anything in there? Because there's a lot of people that are probably curious about, um, you know, Dave Ramsey's like some people like really love him, some people hate him, and some people are like, man, I just don't know. Like, is there anything that you feel like that the listeners would benefit from knowing? It's like, hey, I think uh, maybe this particular area is off, or here's what I like or don't like. If people are trying to understand, maybe they don't even never heard of Dave Ramsey. Like, what would right. you tell them? Yeah. So his approach is very black and white, which is great because you have a plan of action. It's very clear. This is what you're doing. That helps so many people. He's helped so many people. I'm not going to deny that what he does is so powerful in so many lives. Um, but I have learned that, especially in coaching clients, everybody has a unique situation. Everybody has unique backgrounds, unique things they're trying to overcome. And some people either, either they're not ready for Dave Ramsey just yet, or they really don't want to follow that so specifically. Mm -hmm. And and then there's also the, you know, depending on when you start this journey, you might not want, you might not want to be super aggressive on paying off debt in the first couple of years, you might be wanting to do that more in another season of life. So Mm -hmm. so basically, again, it depends. (laughs) One of my favorite phrases. And that's what I love about one-on-one coaching is we can really dive in and figure out customize for the client. Right. So um, I'm not completely against credit cards. Some people will be surprised to hear that, especially with a business. Now, do they need to be used absolutely very wisely and very intentionally? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does a credit card get you in trouble? Then I might be against credit cards for you. So it, again, it just yeah. so that's those are those are the kind of things to think about. Um, so yes, I I choose to do my continuing education and remain um, you know up to date and just just at the forefront of financial coaching with yeah. a different organization. But they, we all encourage each other to be better coaches, and it's it's just such such a great group for everybody to keep improving. Oh, love it! Well, you know, here at our coaching network, we don't do the financial coaching specifically. We do lots of other kinds with leadership and communication and personalities and all of this. But you know, one of the things I talk to the team a lot about is we want to be really firm in our principles, but we can be somewhat flexible in our process. And I think that's part of what I heard you say is like, hey, man, there's so much that's very good, but sometimes the process has to be tweaked based on the person without necessarily throwing the underlying principle out of the way. Well, hey, I want us to take just a quick break. And then on the other side of the break, we're going to get into more. I want to talk about marriage and money. I want to share with you a little bit of my Dave story, because you probably don't even know some of uh, what my journey has been. And we can kind of chat about that a little bit. And uh, yeah, we'll continue uh, the conversation. But I'm sure this has been super helpful to our listeners. But y'all don't go anywhere. Hang on on the other side of the break. We're going to pick the conversation right back up. This episode is brought to you by The Improver Network. Members of The Improver Network get exclusive access to bonus episodes of our podcast. Additional member benefits include educational content, encouraging community, and practical coaching to accelerate personal and professional growth. For more information about becoming a member, visit improver.network today. All right, and welcome back. So, hey, Heather, we're continuing to talk about money and marriage and kids and stress and business and all the things that we have to deal with trying to be adults. Uh, in some ways, we long back to go to go back to those college days, right, where it was just uh, <laughs> maybe a little less stressful. Not really. I'm glad to be uh, where I'm at, but it's a lot to juggle. 
as we adults. So we were kind of chatting about Dave Ramsey a little bit, and you were so thankful for his part that he played in your journey. And I'll tell you, I'm also very thankful uh, for the part that he uh, played in my journey, not only in uh, life and money, but also in business. And so did I ever tell you, so you and you and Eric were the first ones who had ever mentioned the name Dave Ramsey to me. And I remember the financial piece kind of thing, but do, do you remember at all anything in the college days from me and kind of my awakening with money? I do not, but I would love yeah. to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there was a church in the area and I'm not going to put them on blast here. I'll, I'll kind of refrain from any names, but I was employed at a church as a youth pastor while I was going to school. And then there was another church in our area that was like the money church. They were the big one out on the west side of town that they were the biggest church in the area. A lot of people knew them. And I used to drive by and just think, man, they just have all the money in the world at that church, right? Well, I found myself sitting in the office of I think it was their missions pastor, but I always referred to him as like the benevolence pastor because he oversaw the benevolence fund of their church. And the reason I was in his office is because my utilities in my trailer that I was renting had been disconnected. And I was like, this church has so much money. They help people. Surely they'll help me, right? I mean, you're laughing at me right now, but like, you know, I was so naive uh, in, in a lot of ways, right? So I'm sitting there talking with this pastor and he asked me, like, well, where are you employed? And then I tell him that I'm employed at another church. How embarrassing is that to be employed at another church and you're sitting in their church asking for money? I was really an ignoramus. Like, what in the world, you know, was I doing in this? So I tell him, he's like, well, where did you spend your paycheck, you know, on that? And I told him I had to pay off the payday loan people. And he says, payday loan? What in the world? Why do you have a payday loan at your age? I was early 20s at the time. And I said, well, the credit card people were harassing me and said they were gonna run my credit into the ground if I didn't pay off my credit card because I'd gone over my limit. And they said, if we do this, you're not gonna buy a house, you're not gonna buy a car, we're gonna ruin your life forever. So in a panic, I want you to pay a loan to pay off the credit card people. And then he says, why did you have a max out credit card? You got any guesses on why I had a max out credit card, by the way? Any, give, give me your wildest guess on why I had a max out credit card. Maybe because you started trying to start a business or two. <laughs> that would be a very noble reason for it was I tried to start a business and so I maxed out the credit card. It was actually that I broke up with the girl and I went and bought a flat screen TV with surround sound and a DVD player and all of that because I was uh, emotionally immature. And I bet you can probably make a connection with the people you coach on their financial maturity to their emotional maturity, right? So anyway, I thought it was a perfectly reasonable thing. The girl broke up with me. We had this breakup. I was a victim. I went and maxed out the credit card, had to pay it off. Like it seems so reasonable to me as an idiotic early 20 year old. And so do you think I got the money from the church? Any guesses on how that conversation went? <laughs> well, no, maybe they told you to go to your church. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, so that pastor looked at me and I realize now how dumbstruck he was. Like, is this, what is this kid doing in here? Like, and he says, uh, Justin, the scripture tells us to speak truth and love. And what I'm about to share with you, you may not feel like it's truthful and it may not feel loving, but just know that's my heart and my spirit. But he said, it's, um, it's people like you. He said, it's Christians like you who give Christians like me a really bad name. He said, we're called in this world to give and to serve and to live in such a way that we can be generous towards others. 
And we have to be wise in the way that we live so that we can give and love and serve others. And he said, instead, you have been selfish and arrogant, and you're coming in here to take instead of being one that gives. <clears throat> and so he's telling me this. And then he says, our benevolence fund is here for people who are victims of their circumstances, not the primary creators of them. He said, we love you too much to bail you out of this situation and enable your bad behavior. <laughs> he said, so, so we're not going to, uh, we're not going to give you money out of our benevolence fund. We need to give that to true victims. He's, but then he turned around, he said, but I will give you this. It was the total money makeover by Dave Ramsey. Oh, and he nice. said, I recommend you go read this book. And if you have questions or you need help uh, navigating your finances, uh, managing your budget, getting out of debt, he's like, give me a call and I'm happy to help you uh, grow up in this area of money. I was so mad. Like I walked out of that church and I went to my little Chevrolet S10 pickup truck and I I was just angry. And then I looked at this guy who you you and Eric had told me about, this Dave Ramsey guy. And I'm like, now I'm seeing the face on this book, The Total Money Makeover. And I'm mad at him. I'm like, you are the ugliest person I've ever seen. Like, I'm just so bitter. And then it hits me. And I began to cry in my truck. And I just realized how big of an idiot, you know, that I'd been. And in that truck, I was like, I will never again be in this spot. Like, I'm, I'm changing the trajectory of my life. And I never want to be in a spot where I'm having to take from people who are truly in need just because I've been irresponsible and immature. And so uh, that's where my Dave Ramsey journey started. And, uh, you know, fast forward a few years, I'm running a business at an insurance agency and Dave Ramsey's sending us leads. <laughs> go give, go have a that. So we were endorsed by him. And uh, now every year, actually, I go spend time with their team doing uh, leadership training and, it's just been a wild ride, but sorry for me taking up your time. You're the guest, but I wanted to share that story because it's on the topic and I figure that will give you some fodder for, you know, clients there. But as I share that with you, what are some themes that you picked up on and some ideas and feel free to just totally throw me under the bus because I deserve it. But like, what do you pull up and how does that relate to uh, some important lessons that you try to share with people about money? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that is powerful, Justin. So powerful. Um, thank you for sharing that. Keep sharing that. People need to hear that. This is something that people are not willing to share usually when they hit rock bottom with their money and make you know dumb decisions with their money. Uh, granted, you were still in your early 20s, so your brain wasn't completely developed by then, right? So <laughs> maybe you. You that that. Makes, <laughs> makes me feel so better. <laughs> yes, that's it. I, I feel justified now. Yeah, my brain wasn't developed. It wasn't my fault. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. And I will say, I mean, even even me, your money coach, like I we made a big mistake with money. So we actually bought our dream home, what we thought would be our dream home and ended up. Well, then I decided I didn't want to be a pharmacist full time. So we ended up and, you know, things got tight. Things got really tight. And so it was that's been the main that's been the biggest stressor on our marriage regarding money was when we bought that dream home. And so having to navigate that, having to, you know, say, wow, like, you know, I know all this about money. I've been following Dave Ramsey forever. How did we get ourselves into this situation? That was really hard for me to overcome. But I feel like when we get to that point and we realize enough is enough, the stress is not worth it anymore. Something's got to change. As believers, we should be able to give generously. We should be able to manage our own 
finances independently without having to ask for help and even be able to help others with that. So when we get to that point, that that's huge for, for change, right? We're actually ready to change. And so, so I think it's so important to recognize where we have made mistakes and then what we're able to do from there. Yeah. I love it. There's a book title, but the book really doesn't have anything to do with money, but I just love the title as it relates to what you're saying. But the book is what got you here won't get you there. And it's kind of like, hey, you look at where you're at in life, the things that got you there, if you're trying to get to a different destination, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to come up with new strategies. And so many times I think you're right. We have to almost reach this point of where, you know, the, the, the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of like being willing to change. And so we're like, look, I got to change. Something's got to give. And that's where I was. I was willing to read a book on money because I was like, this has to change, you know, for me. And so... Anyway, yeah, so that is awesome. Well, uh, as we kind of transition, I want to kind of go into this era, area of marriage and money. And I'm so thankful again for Dave Ramsey and this like light bulb that came on for me because I have a strong feeling that if I wouldn't have gotten my financial house in order, I'm not sure I would be married to the person I'm married to today because I was very immature and she had already shot me down uh, before and told me she wasn't interested in a relationship. And I know now part of that is because I was immature, but that immaturity was partially emotional and life, but it was also partially money. And that was not attractive to her. But then I got my stuff together and I only got better with money, but I got became a more mature human being. And that gave me a second chance to be with my now wife, Catherine. And so you know, money and marriage, this is kind of a thing, you know, money affects relationships, it affects uh, attraction, it affects the harmony in your relationship. So so tell me, like, if, if someone were to say, what's the number one thing, you already mentioned a budget, so that would be big, but what's the number one thing when it comes to money and marriage? And like, what do I need to know? What are the biggest lessons that, that I need to be thinking about? Yeah, so obviously, communication is key. Um, and just really communicating in a way to understand what each of you is thinking about money, what each of you have experienced regarding money, where they're coming from, what's most important to them, um, just core, val core values in life, like that your money should align with those core values you have in life. And so when each spouse can truly understand the really the things that God has given them, like the the, the dreams and um, just the vision that God has given each of us for our lives when each spouse can understand the other and figure out how to align their money that way and communicate in a healthy way in that way. That's when things really, really start to change. I love when when clients get to the point where they're like, we're no longer arguing about money and we feel like the rest of our life is in harmony because we're, we've got our money together. We've got our money together, like you said. And like you said, you got your money together and it's like, all areas of your life improved. And so that's, that's one yeah. of the things about it. So let me, let me ask you about this. So uh, marriage and money, you're, this general principle, okay, people need to discuss, they need to be open. Uh, what do you think this really should look like ideally? And look, we get it that sometimes there's a spouse serving overseas in the military and like there's all unique situations, but in an ideal scenario for the average husband and wife, you know, living together, you know, would you say, hey, you know what, we recommend you go out and have coffee on it or no, you need to sit down and get across the kitchen table or, you know, are there certain, if people are trying to figure out how does this look and what's the right tone and do we sit around with our pencil and paper and calculators or like, 
<laughs> help, help, help people see like, what does this really look like? Right. Yeah, that's so good. So the first conversation should have nothing to do with a pencil and calculator. Okay. <laughs> Probably the first few, even for, for many, depending on how much of a stressor it's been. Um, I love, I think it's Dave Ramsey that says, you know, sit knee to knee, eye to eye, and um, just talk about, just talk about, just talk about in general, how each of you are feeling and, and both of both spouses need to be coming at it from not a defensive standpoint, not an offensive standpoint, but just generally understanding the other spouse, you know, talk about, you know, what do you picture life to be like? What do you want that to look like? And then once you get to a point where you can talk about that without the numbers, right, then you can add in the numbers. And then um, and that's an ongoing, the goal conversation, like you said, coffee is a great, is a great way to do that. Um, you know, talking more about your goals and your why, like what are your motivations and what's motivating you um, to handle money the way that you do. But once you do get to the point where you can talk about budgeting, um, what I teach is doing just a 15 minute meeting. And it's really not even all about the money, but a 15 minute meeting every week, just to check in. It also can involve kids schedules, who's taking who, where, um, are we, you know, are we having date nights like we should be? Like, how's our marriage? Like, it's really just a quick check-in and on on the, every, everything in life and then anything that's most urgent. So I think that's the biggest thing that keeps that that keeps couples going and keeps them on the same page. Um, and then as far as budgeting, there's usually one that there's usually one spouse that is, you know, more excited, right? More excited about actually doing the budget. And so that person can do the budget. That's fine. But they do need to let the other spouse look it over, process it, give input, make sure that everything's being taken care of the way they, they, you know, make sure that their needs are being met too. And then an honest discussion, what are we going to compromise on? What's that going to look like? And then from there, you know, that you just keep going. Like you said, you tweak it. So let me ask you this. When you say budget, because, you know, when I think of budget, I'm like, okay, here's the general budget for, we generally have this much income and we generally have this expense. And now I've kind of got a good idea of our budget. But I think the way you're saying budget is a little bit different because I think you're talking about like, no, we're not talking about general frameworks like napkin budget. You're saying there's a spreadsheet or a program that people are saying, hey, this is the exact amount of income that's coming in this month. And this is the amount that we're going to spend. Like we know this is coming in. And so this is our plans for spending it. Does that mean that people are going in and like looking at each of their debit card expenditures and they're looking at all their payments made and they're attaching it to certain categories? And are they manually like basically accounting for all of their expenses and doing that? Or is it, how, how do we think about this? You know? So you, you actually mentioned two things. So budgeting is actually supposed to mean looking ahead. So like you said, giving every dollar a name, this is the purpose for that money. This is what it's going to do. Accounting is usually backtracking and looking back at what happened to the money. So it's, it's more of a tracking. So ideally you budget each month before the next month begins. And then you do have to track periodically to make sure you're staying within that budget. There's ways to make that a lot easier for with Dave Ramsey. You'll know that cash envelopes is one of those ways because you're not having to look at all the debit card transactions when the cash money is gone, it's gone. So yes. So budgeting and then tracking. And then even, even just the example that I gave of um, 
you know, Eric, just wanting to spend money for fun or spend money on clothes, on go shopping for some clothes. <laughs> like it's so easy when you, when you have that rhythm and you've gotten that going, he literally just looks at it and says, he, he doesn't even have to say anything. Just like, okay, I know I can spend this money. Heather's not going to say anything about it. This is the money I have to spend on clothes. Not a big deal. There's no nagging. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's a big yeah. part. No, that is a, a ton of fun. And so that's very helpful, I think, for people to think through it uh, that way uh, on there. But it, it's tough. So let's kind of talk about you and what you do as a professional then, because you're giving us some good advice here. And really, it's encouragement. But uh, there's so much of it that's like, what does this look like next Tuesday? Right. And I think that's where you can come in as a coach. And so what is it that you actually do with people? Because the thing is, a lot of us already know, hey, if I want to get ahead in life, I need to, you know, borrow less money, I need to save more, you know, it's kind of like an exercise, I need to, you know, uh, consume, you know, less calories and, uh, you know, exercise more, that's going to help. But like, wh where do you come along? And like, is it usually where you deal with people for, you know, a, a couple of instances and get them on the right track? Or does it require ongoing, like advising? And then what's the difference between you and like a financial advisor or something like that. So, so talk to me about how you coach and then talk to me about how to see you as compared to uh, I already have an advisor. Why do I need a coach? So yeah, I love that question. Yes. So the way I work with clients is initially I work with them for four months. So usually what I see, and this is for a specific group of people, it's for the people that have struggled with money for a long time and it's causing a lot of stress for them individually or in their marriage and or in their business um so usually they're they're just they're usually just unorganized and they and they're they feel it they feel the chaos and so i have a clear process to walk them through that to bring bring order and peace to the chaos right um so we we get that in order we get the budget going and get get husband and wife on the same page the conversations i really love the most and i didn't know that this would be so much of a part of coaching but it's the non-numbers conversations it's the you know like i kind of mentioned earlier like what what are you guys wanting out of your life what do you want the what do you where do you want to be in the next 5 years what do you want your family life to look like 5 10 15 years from now like that's where we're going to start to work with the money to get you there so those, the non-numbers conversations really are the best. Um, so I do the four-month program. Obviously, accountability is a huge part of that, but also just having a clear process on what to do today, when we meet again, what do you need to have done, and then let's move forward more. And the goal, so what I give clients is a 15-minute spending plan. It's a spreadsheet, but it's set up to be super simple. Um, and actually, something that is unique about it versus like Dave Ramsey's Every Dollar Program, which is a great program. Um, but the, with the 15 minute spending plan, you can budget weekly. So that helps, especially a lot of business owners that are paying themselves weekly. That can, that helps a lot as well. Um, so they get access to that. And then the goal with that is that is a foundation that you use for life. So whatever comes up, whatever changes you decide, whatever circumstances bring your way, right? You can always go back to that 15 minute spending plan and adjust and it sets you up for a lifetime of success financially, essentially. Um, so some clients do choose to go beyond the four months for accountability, and we keep improving and keep moving forward. Um, and then others, quote unquote, graduate, and they're, you know, they feel like they figured it out, they have an accountability partner in their spouse, they're both, they're both really on board, and they just, and they're able to continue on their own with new habits and behaviors that support their goals, instead of pulling them away. Yeah. 
All right, awesome deal. So that's how people would engage with you, you know, as a coach. Uh, do, are you, do you have other content out there? If people wanted to stay in touch with you or if they wanted to reach out to you, how would they uh, get connected and stay connected? Yes. So crazy enough, I love Facebook. And actually, I want to come back to that financial advisor question in a minute. So okay. Yep. Um, but yes, I love engaging on Facebook. So I have my Facebook business page, but I have a Facebook group called Created for More. And it's a financial stewardship community for Christ followers. And that's where I really love sharing. That's where I show up the most. And it's just a safe space to ask um, for, for believers who are improving their are constantly improving their financial stewardship. Is that a free community or is that a membership they pay? Yes. Free that's community. A free yes. All right. Created for more. And that's yes. on Facebook. So what we'll try to do is link to that in our show notes for you. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. And yes, regarding the financial advisor question, you know, what's the difference? Do I need a coach? Do I need a financial advisor? So a coach is more for when you're on the journey to, to needing a financial advisor, you're ready to start building wealth, you're ready, you want to be able to have the money to build wealth, really, like, that's what I'm here for. I'm kind of the, you know, the, the middle person, when you're like, my money is not so much organized, I need to get it organized, and I should have extra money each month, but I don't. Where is that money going? What's going on? Let's figure this out so that I can get to the point where I have the money to to start building wealth. Okay. Tell me, I may be wrong on this, but I, my brain's really weird in a lot of ways, as most our listeners know. But uh, I tend to put things a lot of times in the buckets of, uh, you know, being strategic versus being tactical. And I almost feel like sometimes a financial advisor is really high level strategy and they're trying to see your overall where you're trying to get to. And you're saying, hey, I'll be your coach on the ground, on the on the field, whereas you're out running the plays, I can give you real time feedback. And so, yeah, they're charting and coordinating the ultimate game, but I'm giving you the, you know, the calls from the sidelines play by play. Is that a fair analogy? Love that. And I will be using that in the yeah. future. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No charge for that. <laughs> oh, well, good stuff, Heather. Well, thanks so much a ton for being here with us. You know, Improvers, uh, we're always trying to help you find uh, what we call balanced success here. And, you know, part of that is, is learning how to, you know, be healthy in your mind and in your spirit, but also be healthy in your financial situation uh, as well. And so all these things really do matter. And I want to encourage you, make sure that you're diving into these topics. You know, we've referenced Dave Ramsey a lot and, you know, he says, don't just try try to uh, spend your whole life trying to out-earn your own stupidity. And, you know, I want to share that with you. Like, hey, it, it, there is a better way. It doesn't have to be reactive. You don't have to find yourself accidentally falling up in, in bad situations. Like, have a plan, have purpose, live with intentionality, and that's going to help you to improve your situation. And that's what the conversation today with Heather has been all about, is trying to inspire you to that. So I hope to see you all on the next podcast. And thanks again, Heather, for joining us. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate All it. right. Take care, improvers. Thank you for listening to this production of the Improver Network podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch future episodes. For more information about the Improver Network, visit us online at improver.network. That's www.improver.network. And connect with us on social. Until next time, keep getting better.